0: Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I want to speak to you from my heart this morning. The Lord laid something on my heart this week, and I pondered the thoughts and stayed up very, very late last night, rose this morning as early as my eyes would allow me to open and got back into my study in preparation for today, and I just want to talk to you from my heart. You don't have to stand. You've been standing today, but would you with me right where you are, would you just pray that the Lord would just saturate us today with a a moment of sincerity to search our hearts and our thoughts this morning? that he would allow the anointing of God to not only rest upon the preacher today, but to rest upon the pew to receive the word of the Lord today. Would you right where you are, just pray with me. Father, we thank you today for your spirit that we sense and feel in this house this morning. I pray now, Lord, that every person in this room would sense the anointing of God through the preached word of the Lord. I thank you today. Give you honor and give you praise now. Have your way through the word of God. And I bless the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. My mind has been pondering some thoughts regarding the word acclamation. I want you to say that with me acclamation. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it a lot. When I first moved from the South here to the Midwest, winters began to look quite differently. I had witnessed snow two times that I remember in my life and uh after twenty two years or so I moved to the midwest and um I got a couple of snows that year and um, that was the first year uh the first winter that i I faced uh was the winter that we had the the ice storm of ninety one How many of you remember that in Clinton county uh Wow, it knocked power out and um, my wife and family left, went to Ohio with family, and uh, my father-in-law took me off somewhere, and he and I went and stayed in some cheap motel and worked, <laughs> and um, we came back after a few days, and uh, eventually, uh, for some, I think it was up to 14 days, to some out in the in the uh, county, before they received power, it was amazing. And then came along the winter of '94. Of, uh, and that was the coldest temperatures I had ever witnessed in my life. And along uh, about then, I started learning that uh, they actually make clothes that are intended to wear in the winter time. And, and I learned, to, I learned to, to dress a little differently. Um, as I was trying to acclimate to this to this midwestern northern midwestern climate, and I think after a while that there are some some things that happens to your your body. And recently, I've been I've been reading a little bit about acclimation because it's it's important to me, and uh, I, I I needed to know more about about acclimation. And I learned that there are dangers. That are involved with acclamation, uh, the military uses uh, acclamation training. Um, it's uh, they they use various forms, many forms of training, but none that are as effective as acclamation training. They what they do is they if they're going to send somebody into uh, Russia or Siberia, you know, one of the one of the cold regions of the world, um, or, or to some other. Uh, God-forsaken part of the world that has nine months of winter, and uh, I'm not sure. I always heard hell was going to be hot, but uh, this winter I've been wondering. Um, so the just just spare me a little bit, folks. M- mil- military military trainers they they take. The, the soldiers and they put them in an environment that is similar to the environment that they may be going into, but they put them into worse environments because they want to train them in a more harsh environment. So if they're sending them into uh, an, an area where they deal with, uh, with 20 below temperatures, they may send them to, uh, to Antarctica or somewhere where they have to train in, in 40 and 50 below zero Temperatures, and it is so that they learn to mentally uh, acclimate to the the to to that that cold temperature, so it doesn't prevent them from being able just to continue on. I've been reading a lot about acclamation uh, for my fiftieth birthday. My family, and uh, along with the kindness of this church, um, made a way for 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 me to be able to do. A trip of a lifetime. My, my good sister-in-law uh, got a lot of credit for this and I think my wife just wanted to see me get in shape. That's probably what it really was, that she was really prodding. and uh, So my, my brother and I are, are going to be able next fall in October to fulfill a lifelong dream of mine to go out west to Colorado and uh, to do a big game hunt there. And it's something that I've always wanted to do, I've dreamed of it since I was a child and never been able to do it. And finally at 50, my wife says, well, it's the only thing that's going to get him to get pumped up enough that he'll finally get in shape. And so uh, she thought it was a good idea, and so uh, she sold a kidney, a leg, and um, (laughs) so so, so one of the concerns of this trip is the physical and mental preparedness. Now, I, I feel like uh, I know my brother pretty well and, and and I know myself pretty well. We're both pretty hard-headed and stubborn. It runs in the Jordan jeans, I suppose. And um, so we, m- mental preparedness is not something that really worried me too much when I start reading about going. But now the physical preparedness is another problem. Uh, that, that may not be one of my strong suits. Um, if you see me running, you better start running with me. Somebody's chasing me, and it's bad news. Uh, it's just kind of um, so I know that I got to get physically. I got to get. In, I've got to to train in endurance to be able to to travel and walk. Uh, I mean, they actually like don't ride places there. You got to like walk. It's I don't know. Uh, it's going to be quite different. Um, but uh, seriously. Uh, one one of the recommendations made for us was to arrive uh, two or three days early so that our body can acclimate to the climate because this is a very high elevation region. Here in Clinton County, I think our elevation is about 800 feet above sea level. And there, uh, it's about 8,500 feet above sea level. So it's a whole different a uh, whole different scenario, I, I've been to La Paz, Bolivia, I think it's around 13,000 uh, feet above sea level. My wife and I arrived, and before as soon as they uh, began to decompress the plane, immediately both of us started feeling weird, and um, and uh, for the next three days, I, I was sick, thought I had the flu, and it was called altitude sickness, because we just flew in, it was like the trial by fire. Here, 13,000 feet elevation, you should be able to do okay here so you take a few steps, you're out of breath. You can't function. And finally, they flew us out from La Paz down to Cochabamba, Bolivia. And when they flew us there, it's only 5,500 feet, which is the equivalent of almost the equivalent of Denver, Colorado. And so uh, when they flew us in there, of course, that's enough to, to, to make most people uh, deal with altitude sickness. But when we got there, we thought we were back home. We, like, after three days in, in, in La Paz, we found, we've just felt so much better and and our strength started coming back and we stayed there a few days and then they took us on down to Santa Cruz and that's down at sea level and so we get there and we're like oh my goodness we're back home so we were ready then to have a vacation it was time to come home and so I understand that altitude sickness can be very real and so I've been reading a lot about this because I don't want to deal with this you know knowing that we're going to be taking this trip and and uh while researching some things about acclimation, I, I came across this military training strategy called climate acclimation. And it's where a soldier is put in extreme conditions in order to train for a specific mission. And, and it has proven that not only is it just mentally and you just get used to it, but the the, the, the human body will actually acclimate to certain climate changes anybody with me this morning so it, your 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 physical body will will actually acclimate to these climate changes and you will you will adjust everything will adjust your your whole body your your you 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 will will get used to it. So now I've noticed that as I'm reading about it, it makes a little more sense. My family may come up from Texas, and when they come up to visit, they're they're so brutally cold on these 40-degree days, and I like to laugh and say it's 60 or 70 degrees warmer than it was two weeks ago. But the danger of acclimation is that when you are acclimated, The elements only affect the way that you feel about the environment. Now catch what I'm saying to you now. It doesn't affect the reality of the environment. It affects the way you feel about the environment. It doesn't change the fact that it's cold. It doesn't change the fact of the dangers of cold and the risk of frostbite or the long-lasting effects of uh, of exposure, they're the same regardless where you've acclimated or not acclimated. The risks are the same. The results are the same. You run the same risk of hypothermia whether you have acclimated or you haven't acclimated. So the long-lasting effects are still the same. I began to think about how that this is a perfect example of sin. You can be around sin until you acclimate to it. You learn to tolerate it. It doesn't feel cold. It doesn't feel, it's, it, it feels okay because there is something that happens to our senses that says this isn't so bad. I can tolerate this. You can become so accustomed to sin that it no longer feels wrong to you. But no matter how much you acclimate to sin, it will continue to have its lasting effect in your life. Perhaps that's why the text that I chose for today is James chapter 1 verse 15 that tells us when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin. But regardless, if you've acclimated to it, it goes on to say, and sin, when it is finished, well, it doesn't feel bad to me. I've adjusted to this. This is normal life for me. But sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. There, ladies and gentlemen, Is the fear of acclamation. That we get so accustomed to living a lie. We get so accustomed to living around sin and tolerating sin and coexisting with sin that we reach a point of starting to say it's not so bad. It's not as bad as somebody else. It's the fear of acclimation. It's very real in our world. We learn to tolerate it, to get along with it, to be around it. And before long, we can acclimate to a lifestyle of sin that we say it's okay for our kids because it hasn't killed us. And so they know a new normal than what we have known. We acclimate to sin and it doesn't even feel awkward anymore. But sin, when it is finished, the Bible said regardless where you've acclimated to it or where you just walked into it, will always have the same result in your life. It will bring forth death. Perhaps someone's asking, Pastor, how does one acclimate to sin? Leviticus chapter 14 tells us of a disease that dulled the senses until they were past feelings. You couldn't miss the fact those who had leprosy were dying. They were in a a condition of a slow, horrible death. Leprosy was a horrible way to die. They died from the inside out. It was obvious from the disfigurement of their body. Leprosy would start with specks on the eyelids and on the palms of their hands, gradually spreading over the entire body. One of the effects of this disease was that it destroyed nerve endings and the victim couldn't any longer feel pain. And so since they couldn't feel pain, they could break a bone, but they wouldn't recognize the bone was broken because leprosy affected how they felt about the pain. It didn't change the fact that their, their, that, that leprosy was, uh, what was had, had affected them so much that, that they could lay their hand upon a hot stove or burn themselves with an iron and have no sense of feeling. And so therefore the infection that would follow and, and the pain that normally would cause one to remove their hand would no longer, it was no longer there. They were past feeling. Everybody say past feeling they were acclimated to a new a new level of senses and although that leprosy wasn't excessively contagious there were some possibility of infection so those who would hang out in the company of the leper ran a risk of leprosy affecting them there's there's so many things that we could talk about of how leprosy and sin correlate so clearly in scripture therefore the lepers became the outcast of society they were required to live outside the camp, outside of town until they were unable to take part in all but one of the sacrifices offered in the tabernacle. Think about this now. Their sickness, their physical condition, once it had affected them, it removed them. It removed them from being able to go and participate in normal worship. Listen, friends, sin will isolate you from the presence of God. Now there were other diseases that a person could have but no other disease was treated like leprosy. You could suffer the indignities of the flu and we all have experienced it from time to time. You you could have an infection, you could be paralyzed, you could have cancer or heart disease but none of these diseases would require you to go to the priest and offer sacrifices for your cleansing. Only lepers were required to do this. Only leprosy called for the person who had been healed and cleansed of their their leprosy to present themselves to the priest. Watch with me now. They had to shave their head. They were required to bathe their body, and they were required to make sacrifices before God. Leprosy was the only disease that called for the leper to come into God's presence and ask for a cleansing. Obviously, leprosy, I don't want you to just run over your head with this, but I want you to get how this is paralleling to sin. Uh, obviously, leprosy is a perfect type of sin or a comparison of sin. Just as leprosy will leave its marks of distinction, scarring a body. Sin will leave its effects. It scars. That will haunt you for the rest of your life. You can be forgiven from it, but it's real hard to forget it. Leprosy began around the eyelids and the hands. Watch with me now. The first thing to be affected was the leper's vision. Watch what happens when you start sliding back from the things that The first thing that sin does is cause people to lose their vision. I I grew up with 20-20 vision. Uh, I remember only a few years ago uh, giving my brother a hard time because he forgot his glasses and he came up and was visiting and he was hunting and he said, man, I, I know there were some deer, I could hear them, but I couldn't see them. And I'd laugh about it and then all of a sudden I crept up toward 50. I didn't pay any attention to it. I noticed that as I was reading, I was getting a little closer. My wife said, you need to go see an eye doctor. I finally went and saw the eye doctor, and I went in, and he said, does this look better, or does this look better? I said, this looks better. Does this look more clear, or does this look more clear? And when he got through, he said, how long have you been wearing glasses? I said, I haven't. He said, you will after today. And as a matter of fact, you will not just be wearing glasses, but you will have bifocals. Would you like those in progressive or non-progressive? I said, I'm a progressive fella. The issue with those that are affected by vision loss is that you acclimate to a life without clear vision. Oh, nobody going to help me preach this morning. You just want me to talk to you, tell you a pretty little story, and send you home. But I'm going to get right where you live. What happens is, is you lose perspective. You lose proper perspective. It's normal. They gave me my glasses. I put them on. I looked around. I said, my goodness. I didn't know what all I was missing. Next is Hearing. They say it's the second thing to go. Huh? (laughs) The day I put the pair of glasses on, I began to realize that I wasn't seeing so clearly. Mm -hmm. There is a point. You can preach to somebody, talk to somebody, scream at somebody, yell at somebody, pray for somebody. There reaches a point that somebody's got to realize I've lost my clear vision. I'm not seeing good. I'm not seeing clear. I'm not hearing. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you today what sin will cause. It creeps in so gently and so slowly into your life that you begin to acclimate to it, and it becomes part of normal life, and you allow anybody to lead you around because you're not seeing clearly. But the moment that you get down to business with God and He rolls back the veil that is over your face and you begin to see clearly, you start saying, in my Lord and my God, I had no idea how did I end up here. How did I get to where I am? It's called acclamation. There is a danger in it. That's why we've got to stay prayed up. That's why we've got to stay on fire. That's why we've got to make regular trips back to the cross and say, purge me, clean me, wash me, let me see. Anoint my eyes with eye that I may be able to see. Wash me that I may be clean. Sin will cause us to justify a life without good works. We're just as good as somebody else and better than others. Little by little, leprosy would remove its victim away from those that they loved and that loved them. But it often happened so gradually that it became tolerable. It was so uncommon for a leper to recognize their situation, that when four leprous men that were cast outside the city and they're sitting at a gate and theres they're, they're just waiting to die because there's no food for them. There's famine. They, their, their life, their livelihood was going to come from the benevolence of the city, people bringing food to them, but there's famine now in the city of Samaria, I believe it was, where the four lepers sat outside the gate. It's in the Bible. You should read it. And one of the four looked at the others and said, Why sit we here until we die? It's so uncommon for a leper to recognize his situation that it made the pages of the Bible when one actually recognized his condition and began to tell some, see? The preacher can preach, but we justify it. I'm as good as three of those people sitting over there. We can preach against sin, but I'm just as good as I can do. And before long, we end up. Pushed away from those that care the most. We get pushed away from the presence of God. We know where real joy is. We know where real peace is, but our vision's been blocked. Our senses are dulled. We have acclimated to the society around us, to the people we hang out with. We've covered it up with a good joke and a laugh until our senses and we have moved to the point of becoming insensitive to, to, to where we really are. And we come and we get around it, and it's like, ah, this doesn't feel like This doesn't feel like it used to. No, because your senses have been dulled by sin. It's the danger of acclamation. Why did God choose leprosy as a type of sin? The only reason I can think of is that only sin can cause a man's heart to become defiled like leprosy. There's so much more that I could preach about today. I'm going to try to move a little more quickly so that we get to an end before lunch. Because you're used to that. When I grew up, we had church with no clocks. I'm not suggesting we go back there. I'm just telling you we've really gotten used to some things that may not always be for our betterment. We've become accustomed to some things. Three songs and prayer and an offering and a preacher. Three minutes altar call. Let's walk to the front so we can rush on through it. The faster we get there, the faster he says amen. We've acclimated to it. We've gotten through the motions. Let's let the seven or eight on the platform do the worshiping. We do the watching. We've acclimated to it. We, I, I'm good with this church thing, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine while I'm in church, walk out the door, live the way we want to, not feel bad about it. We've acclimated to it. Come on, if we're not careful, we get acclimated to walking by hurting people in need, people that need God and never witness to them. We, we become acclimated to a life that is not reaching the lost. We become acclimated to a life that is not about others. Sin acclimates us to accept the normality of sin. Like it's just as good as every other thing that God has to offer us. Sin will sear your conscience. It will cause you to be calloused. We will acclimate to a lifestyle until we justify it and call it normal. We'll begin to say the church or the abnormals. Right. Then our heart eventually becomes someone, causes us to become someone that we never intended to be. And our, our, our sin spreads its infection through our lives, but not only that, we become contagious. Contagious. Some of the most contagious people I know are either on fire, Jesus' name, blood-bought, born-again people, and they're, they're so contagious that everybody they get around, they bring to the cross. But be careful because sin will cause people to do the same thing. Everybody they get around, they're so in discord, they're hurting, they're pulling them with them, they're taking them with them. Come on with me, come on, let's this look, check out this new normal. Isn't this wonderful? They're calling you to acclimate to sin. Let me reach to somebody today who is acclimated, acclimated to a life of sin. I came to remind you today that God always had a plan for a leper. And God has always had a plan for sin. This preacher came this morning to try to call you to adjust your focus, to take the veil off of your eyes and begin to realize where you are and how you are living, and understand that sin is not the good life. Oh, I I don't know a lot about drugs and alcohol. and No, I don't know a lot about that life, but I do know a life of living for God. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I'm glad he saved me from it, kept me from it, brought me from it. I don't want to go to that place. God always had a plan for sin. It wasn't a simple plan. It was an elaborate plan that took Jesus to the cross of Calvary. But why? Why would God make such an elaborate ceremony for for the disease of leprosy? Because God was representing that there would be an elaborate plan of redemption for mankind's sin. Like leprosy, sin deadens us to the pain of our iniquities. Ephesians chapter 4 describes religious people who get caught up in a life of sin. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. If you want to turn there with me. uh, The apostle says, having their understanding darkened. Everybody say darkened. Their understanding darkened. What does that mean? Let's go on and read. Being alienated, cut off from the life of God. Through what? Through the ignorance of of that is in them. Mm. Because of the blindness of their heart. I'm preaching a very biblically sound message today. Verse 19. Who being past feeling. Everybody say acclimated. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You gave yourself over to it. Well, it's so hard. A life of sin is hard. Choose your (laughs) heart. Because sin, when it is finished, will bring forth death. Like leprosy, sin starts with small spots in our life, but if it is not dealt with, it will spread throughout our entire being. God will say, people will start saying things uh, that, that, you know, this isn't really an addiction. I'm just dabbling in it for a little while. I could stop any time I want to. It's not really an addiction. You, you, you just want to, I just want to use this for a small amount of pleasure for a little bit of time. The problem with sin, like leprosy, is it's real hard to be controlled. Virtually impossible. You Once you get leprosy, you've got to be cleansed. Oh, my God, have mercy. Lord, help me this morning to preach what you put in my spirit. James chapter 1 verse 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. It is the law of sin. It will always bring forth death. You can't dabble in it. You can't mess with it. You can't touch it. You can't have a little of it. You either are going to be cleansed from it or it will bring forth death. Just like the lepers of old, people get caught up in a lifestyle of sin. They're acclimated to a life of sin. They don't even know it because their hearts have become hardened. They be in past feelings, as Ephesians says. They lose all sensitivity to the pain and the agony that they're living in. They think this is fun. They think the hangovers fun. They think that the, they think the struggle in life is fun. It's not fun. You've acclimated to a life that God never planned for you. Their sin starts out small, but it grows to a point that it dominates every decision in their life. Sin is a horrible way to lose what God has for you. To reinforce the connection of leprosy and how it resembles sin. Miriam insulted her brother Moses And God struck her with leprosy King Uzziah was brought down With the disease after he forced his way Into the temple and offered A sacrifice that he had no right to give You see God punished people With that when you disobey God It is called sin And sin will bring forth Its result in your life Every time It's a horrible thing To fall into the hands Of an angry God But he's not always angry and he's not always filled with wrath because let me tell you about my God. My God will supply all of your needs. My God will make a way in every temptation. He'll make a way of escape. My God made a way uh, to buy your redemption, to bring you back. My God made a way for sin. My God paid the price of sin. My God. Oh, I want you to know about my God this morning. He's greater than the gods of this world. For my God gave himself. My God purchased your redemption. My God made a way for you. My God is here for you today. My God sent a preacher to reach for you this morning. My God says there's a way out. My God says you can turn life around. My God says I'll give you a brand new chance. My God says there is hope for your future and it will be better than your past. My God says I will make a way for you. One of the oddities... In the story of the leper, I won't be much long, much longer. One of the oddities—that's what all preachers say, right? One of the oddities of this text is that the leper, even when he was healed of leprosy, he wasn't cleansed. It's odd, isn't it? He's healed, but not cleansed. It, It's—it's so—it's so perfect. When you repent, you are forgiven. But yet you walk with the guilt that is associated with that sin. So he had to go and show himself to the priest. There had to be a public expression of what he was doing. And the priest would announce him clean. When you repent, God forgives you, but you still deal with the guilt that is associated with the sin. Let me explain to you why we believe that Jesus' name baptism is so important. Because when you repent and God forgives you, you're still walking around guilty, but not you're not you're no longer responsible for your sin, but but you carry the guilt. But when you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are remitted. That means removed. You don't have to go back and be baptized every time you sin. Because when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sin. Let me help you understand this. When you were baptized in Jesus' name, the sin, everything from your past and whatever you may do in your future is still covered by the cleansing this morning. By the cleansing blood of Jesus, He has cleansed you. He has washed you. When you go down in water, it's more than going down dry and coming up wet. You go down guilty, but when you come up, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed and cleansed you from every sin in your past and whatever you may do into your future. The blood of Jesus is there and available to wash you. Now we are washed by the water of the the Word of God. So therefore, the preach Word of God comes forth and we say, God, cleanse me wash me with hyssop and the blood of Jesus is available to cleanse you I came this morning to tell you it wasn't a simple plan it's an elaborate plan but it's for you today and if all you've got to do is say God I'm a sinner forgive me he'll forgive you you can be baptized in the only saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ and those sins will be remitted they will be removed and when you come up out of that water I want you to know you can live a brand new life powered fueled by the Holy Ghost which is your promise Christ in you your hope of glory somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning God's not against you. He's for you. You've lost your vision. You've lost your way. That's all right. Admit it this morning. Come to your senses. Let this preacher call you this morning. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. Get up today and say, I'm not going back to that old life. I'm going forward by faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, stand all over the room, lift your hands toward heaven and magnify the name of the Lord for He has saved you, for He has loved you for He has bought you and paid a price for you today. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe that's what the writer was saying when he said, be not conformed. Be not acclimated. Be not shaped by this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. If I could persuade you this morning, <laughs> if I could persuade you that God could turn your life around today and, you, and I could persuade you to really believe it, I want you to know there would be so many miracles happen in this house this morning. If I could just persuade you that God really is on your side. He, he, took, he went all out of his way. And the whole redemptive story of Calvary and the cross and his shed blood is all because of you. Not just for others, but for you. To whosoever will. If a man wants to come unto the Lord, he can. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. The Lord is calling everybody. If I could persuade you this morning that this is your day before we go across the breezeway and into the fellowship hall and have a nice fun little drawing before any of these things could happen this morning I want to tell you the Lord can forgive your sin the Lord can wash your sins away we have towels ready we have clothes in in the back we have baptismal robes ready we have preachers and ministers that are here ready to lay hands on you and pray for you and help you this morning all you got to do is make up your mind today is my day I'm not going another day acclimating to this world. I want to live a brand new life. I want to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb all over the room. Come on, help me, church. Would you pray all over the building right now? I open these altars today. I know God's spoken to hearts this morning. Without a doubt, I have no doubt that God has spoken to hearts this morning. The Lord is calling folks today. That's good. That's right. Go ahead and respond. God is calling people today. It's without a doubt. Come on and join us now. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to force you to do anything. Nobody's going to grab you, shake you, or demand you to do anything today. You just come unto the Lord. You can come as you are. Without one, just come as you are today and just say, God, here I am. I'm coming to you today. Just make your way out. Take that step of faith this morning. These altars are open. People are gathering here this morning. God loves you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to help you today. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Nothing too dirty. Oh, Lord. That you can make worthy. Come on, reach out to the Lord now. You wash me reach out mercy. to the Lord now he's made a way for us I am clean. come on why don't you pray that prayer with me God redeem me to cleanse me oh God Cleanse me, oh God. Wash you me. Make come on, even those of you who are in the pew. Come on, just participate. I know not everybody can get in the front. Just pray right where you are. Maybe you I want to just take your friend by the hand. And you want to say, come on, let's pray together right now. God, today, help us this morning. Cleanse us. Wash us. Change us. Make worthy help us to see you today. Oh, me mercy. Oh, Yes, God. Yes, God. I Oh, somebody, just thank him for his mercy, thank him for his grace, thank him for the blood of Calvary that has cleansed us and washed us, made us new. You wash me in the sea, for we are new creatures in Christ Jesus by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, Declare it today. Declare it today. My past is behind me. I am clean. My past is behind me. i make a decision today. I decree for my life. I'm walking away from what I used to be. My eyes have been opened. My ears have been opened. I refuse to go back living the way I was. I will be changed today. My life is made new today.